Welcome to Live Life Creative. I'm Dylan Kreinberg, and thanks for spending some time with me today. So continuing in the new vein of the show, focusing more on photography, uh, this is the beginning of a start of a series where I am taking what I learned at photographing events here in Grand Rapids where I'm at and just kind of relaying that knowledge to you. So if you find yourself uh, photographing in a similar situation, uh, maybe you can remember something that I talked about here and that will help you take better photos in those situations. Uh, so the specific event that I'm talking about today is the Yelp event at the Greenwell Gastro Pub here in Grand Rapids. So you know Yelp.com, uh, they have a lot of reviews and stuff. They also have local communities of Yelpers. Those are the people that review things on Yelp. And if you, I guess if you like become a certain level of Yelper on the website and you do like certain amount of reviews and things like that, then you get to attend these local events where you get to sample the restaurant or the service or whatever it is. It's, I think it's been almost all restaurants pretty much uh, that I've photographed. So it's been a really good experience. I've really enjoyed it. They're really nice people and stuff like that. And this event was at the Greenwell. It is described as a gastropub. I'm not a big foodie or restaurant type person, so hopefully that makes more sense to you than maybe to me. But anyway, it's really good food. A lot of like American sandwiches type stuff, some vegan stuff, which is good for my wife. She's a vegan. Um, and actually, I sampled a little bit of what was served there at the event because as a part of it, I get to eat dinner too. It's over dinner time, like six to eight at night or something like that. And later in the week, after the event was my birthday and I thought, hey, I'll just go to the Greenwell for my birthday because that's what I usually do is go out to eat with my wife. A uh, little special thing. So this place is pretty cool. Uh, photographically speaking, very difficult. Of course, it's a restaurant. It's pretty dark. I mean, you're not meant to like have bright shining lights in a restaurant because that's not the most pleasant dining experience. When you're photographing in a restaurant, you might wish that you had bright white lights. Uh, so a lot of times it was difficult to autofocus. A lot of the spaces were dark, so it's difficult to even manual focus either. And being that's a restaurant, very tight quarters. This isn't like a big expansive type space. Uh, this is like uh, sort of in a not a shopping district exactly sort of a little downtown row of shops kind of a thing and the greenwell has about two units worth of space so there's not a lot of room between tables and i had to like kind of get in there and squeeze and i was dodging the wait staff and i told them actually i told them that if i'm I, if i'm in your way just push me you know just get me out of your way i don't mind i was just trying to stay out of anybody's way and not be like all up in people's business and stuff like that so i had to find some very interesting corners to kind of shove myself under uh, across the two tables where the yelpers were at was this little plank against the side of a booth and I kind of like crouch down under there and try to take pictures there. Um, in this case, I could not be afraid to be close to people. And so I kind of chatted them up a little bit just to get them more comfortable with me being there. So if you find yourself in a similar, similar, similar situation, don't be afraid to just like talk to people. And that's not the easiest thing for me. I'm pretty introverted usually. It's not really my thing to talk to people a lot. So, but I knew that in this case, that was a good thing to do. 
I uh, used my Tamra 24 to 70. Talked about that in the last episode. Great lens because of the wider angle on it, of course. Uh, I did not mention in the last episode talking about my gear bag. The D7000 is a crop sensor camera, which means that a 24 to 70 is more like a 36 to 105. So it's actually not as wide angle for that situation as I would have liked it to be, but it was pretty good. It was the right lens for the situation. Out of the lenses that I have, that is what I should have been using. Uh, that's an f2.8 lens, which is good because if I had to use a kit lens that went to like from like f3.5 to f5.6, it would have been impossible. Just way too dark, even with using the flash, which I did do um, for the entire yeah, for pretty much the entire event. I think the very beginning of it, the very, very beginning of it, uh, the light, there was still light. It was before sunset. This event was in February in Grand Rapids, Michigan, so pretty north. So the day was not long, that's for sure. So there was a few daylight lit shots I was able to do, but uh, most of the event I used my flash. One blessing of this restaurant is that they had a white ceiling and like the ceiling, they had like these big like cloth covered ceiling fixtures. Those were white as well. So at least it was a good environment for bouncing flash off the ceiling, which I did the entire night and the look of it. I mean, it's not the most amazing. It's not like a beautiful studio shot, but it is a good look. I like how it looks with the bounce flash off the ceiling. It looks good, at least given the situation, right? You know? I did still use too high of an ISO. So I used a 3200 for most of the night with a D7000 that's too noisy. What I should have done actually is have a stronger flash to get more bounced light off the ceiling and be able to lower my ISO. Uh, I'd rather stick at 1600, maybe 20, uh, 20, (laughs) maybe 2000 ISO. Uh, with the D7000, that's about the most it can possibly handle without just really, really breaking down. So uh, I, when I was processing these images, I was a little bit disappointed about how they came out because they were really quite noisy. Uh, when you're viewing on a phone or something like that, maybe not as big of a deal, but I still didn't like it. I did use uh, noise reduction, pretty heavy noise reduction on these. And so I came out just really smooth, not a lot of detail. If I process them again, I'd probably not do noise reduction and just live with the amount of noise in the pictures. Um, either way, it's a compromise. Either way, it's not a great image quality at that ISO. Otherwise, uh, with the amount of flash I used at 3200, it was pretty well balanced with the ambient light. It didn't stand out, I think, too badly that it was uh, pretty flashed, pretty flashy images. Um, It's definitely a lot better than the, you know, like the pop-up flash or something like that. Uh, I did keep turning the flash head to point it at the walls for side light when I was able to be near a wall or at the ceiling for flatter, like straight down kind of light. So if you're in a, in a small space like that, uh, just be aware of where your flash is pointing to be able to get the best bounce light as possible and especially be sure that if you're in a space with dark walls or with colored walls, um, you probably want to avoid pointing your flash at that because then you're going to get like this weird color cast over your image. You might be able to color correct it later when you're processing images, but maybe, maybe not. I'm not sure. I mean, it depends on the situation. It'd be better if you could just avoid it. And especially with a white ceiling, just mostly just keep it at pointed at the ceiling. 
Uh, and a little trick that I kind of thought of on that night that I've been using with my flash is that, you know, it's got, if you think of a speed light, I keep saying flash, it's really a speed light on a potato potato, I guess. It's got this little bounce card that comes out, you know, it's, it's like an inch by a half inch or something or two inches by an inch or something. It's very, very small. But instead of using it to bounce light to the subject, I would actually keep use the bounce card to keep the flash from going directly onto the subject. So the side of the flash head that's closest to the subject, I would have the bounce card be that light. It's a little hard to describe maybe. But anyway, the bounce card was between the flash and the subject and usually pointed straight up. Because I wanted to avoid that really flashed, bright blue look on the face or bright white or whatever you want to say. Um, because I just don't like the look of heavy flash like that. And I think most people would want to avoid a straight on flash look. So I use the bounce card to kind of be a barrier just to help control the light and shape it to some small, moderate degree. Bouncing off the ceiling worked really, really well. Uh, part of the sequence of events for the night, the program for the night, they had a representative from the Greenwell, uh, from the restaurant group that the Greenwell is a part of, talked about the new menu. Uh, I got a really good shot of her speaking to the group of Yelpers, uh, actually two pretty good shots, uh, but one was a little bit better than the other, you know. Um, so she was on like the left side of the frame and the group is kind of in front of her sitting at a pair of tables all looking at her. Overall, a good shot with pretty good, decent expressions on people. When you've got a group of like 20 people, it's really hard for them all to have like at least attentive expressions or not. At least usually there's some people making some dumb face. <laughs> but with this one picture, there weren't any dumb faces except for one lady had kind of like a weird like closed eye look, which is, you know, when you have that many people, something's going to happen. But fortunately, that second photo that I took of the rep talking to the group, that same lady, she was had her eyes open. She looked fine. She looked really good. So what I did with that is I just did a little face swap. I think actually I just uh, changed the eyes. Uh, I use a program called GIMP because I don't have Photoshop, because I'm cheap. I think I mentioned that before. Uh, it's a free program. It's Photoshop-like. It's kind of ish Photoshop, you know, but for free. Uh, so basically, I just combined those two images and just painted in the open eyes where the closed eyes were in the first photo. And it was pretty good. I mean, it's a pretty basic thing that happens on a fairly regular basis. I think uh, probably wedding photographers do this more with like the group shots of the wedding party. And it might be a little bit more effort than you really want to go through when you're taking like hundreds of event photos and um, none of them or few of them are really that high value that makes it worth it to do it. But at least in this case, I had a little bit of fun doing it. You know, I didn't mind doing it. Uh, helped me learn to do it a little bit better. And I've done that a few more times where I've kind of replaced something in one image with the same element in a better light or something with from a second image. So it's a good thing to do. So something that I keep running across with, especially with events, is that not everyone really likes having their picture taken. Uh, but you can still get their picture and have them like have a great expression and stuff. You just want to wait until they're really engrossed in conversation 
and that they're really paying attention to something else that you're kind of sneak the shot in. You know, you want to be using a longer focal length, be a little sneaky with it. Uh, just wait for your moment and make sure you get it. Uh, I'm thinking of one guy in particular at this event, and he's been at a couple of these Yelp events that I've photographed. And I don't know if he, I don't think he likes his photo being taken. He always seems to have his eye on me a little bit. I, you know, I look up and just glance at him. He seems to have his eye on me, make sure I'm not pointing the camera at him. So I really kind of keep an eye on him to see when he's distracted to make sure I can get a good photo of him and the uh, number of photos that I send to the Yelp organizer person. Because I try to have at least one good or decent photo of each attendee to the event to send. So when they're going through flipping through the album, each person that they can say, Oh yeah, look, there's me. You know, people like to see their own face. So just be aware of who is more photo friendly and who's less photo friendly and just see who you can get a picture of or who you need to be a little bit sneakier about taking their picture. Uh, That's just about all I've got for today. A little bit of a short episode. Some of these episodes have been over an hour with the interviews, but I kind of enjoy this format. So I hope you like it too. Just shooting the breeze a little bit. I've got some bullet points. Uh, Previously, these one-on-one episodes that I would do, I had like completely scripted out, like word for word, like a blog post. I would just go top to bottom, strictly reading it. I'm not sure if that came through my voice much too much. I hope hope it sounded pretty casual, Uh, but this style, I'm just kind of shooting off the top of my head a little bit. I hope it's still been useful that I haven't gone on too many tangents or anything like that. Um, I'm going to be producing a few more of these to be released over time. So hopefully that's something that you're looking forward to. And I know that this is a different direction for the podcast. I started Live Life Creative uh, based on helping you be more creative. And that's still something I want to help you do. Just focus more on photography specifically. So I don't know if that means I'm going to change the name of the podcast or, you know, come up with a new tagline or a new RSS feed or what I'm going to do exactly. But I hope you'll stick around and see where the changes go uh, as I move through my own life and my own life affects the podcast. I hope to keep it going for you as well. And I hope it's been useful. If photography is maybe not what you're into so much, totally understand. Uh, just share this episode with a friend or share Live Life Creative with a friend who is in photography. Hopefully that's something that they'll be into. And really, that's how podcasts grow. You know, people say to rate and review podcasts on iTunes or wherever. That helps to an extent, but that's not really how people find new podcasts. They get recommendations. Either it's an article online, but the best recommendation, obviously, is from a friend. So if you enjoy this, share it with a friend or share it with a friend that you think it'd be helpful for. And I really appreciate that. You can follow Live Life Creative on Instagram at Live Life Creative Podcast. Website and show notes at livelifecreativepodcast.xyz. Uh, yeah, that's a real TLD, real top-level domain website URL thingy. I just really enjoy the, these kind of off-the-wall things like dot .show and dot .photography, I think, is one. And .xyz is probably my favorite one. I'm Dylan. Thanks for spending some time with me today on Live Life Creative. Oh,